0: Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode number 81. I'm Nick alongside Emily. Hello. Emily, who is sabotaging this intro <laughs> by uh, telling me I, I do an NPR voice for the start of the podcast.
1: Listeners, chime in. Nick's voice is a little NPR at the very beginning of this. Live from our studio in New York City, it's All Things Considered. Like, come on. I mean, I,
0: I'll do, I'll do a, an NPR style one. Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast. You used to start episode the podcast like this. I, if you yeah.
1: just said episode nineteen or twenty, like that, yeah, yeah, we learn correct.
0: as we go, Emily. <laughs> I'm really amazed we managed to more or less figure out the audio quality in w- after one episode.
1: You know, that's where our college degrees came in handy.
0: <laughs> we had them for the first episode.
1: Ask me what is
0: we do, <laughs> Emily. What is it we do in this show?
1: Well, Nick. We take a week-by-week week look at the slow but inevitable. It's not even, That's not even true anymore. We take a week-by-week week look at the downfall of WCW through Monday Nitros, and sometimes we sprinkle in a thunder here and there.
0: Right. I have my NPR voice. Give you your um, your HelloFresh ad read voice. It's for, my customer service yeah. voice. Yeah, so, so today we're talking about the January 31st, 2000 WCW Monday Nitro. After uh, we looked at Thunder and went, oh, we uh, don't need to do any more of these for a little while. That was a
1: really hard watch and a really hard record. You
0: know, admittedly, upon editing it, it didn't sound as bad. But, but in, the moment, we in ne- the moment, neither of us we, came we, out we, of that
1: recording feeling
0: good. Yeah, we debated, like, did we redo it? And that's basically the reason why you got Emily ranting about NXT Season <laughs> 3. Because it was a very short episode, like forty. Six minutes, 47 Felt minutes. Felt like we needed like, to add something else, and yeah. I had
1: a lot of hot takes. What's what
0: happens when Thunder's a piece of garbage?
1: NXT's not much better. Oh, yeah. So you just get two flaming piles of garbage for the price of we one. We take
0: a look at the week-by-week week downfall of of <laughs> NXT. It starts at week one.
1: Yeah. They premiered with a steaming pile of garbage.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about Nitro today. We're back to our, our regularly scheduled programming. Except it's, you know, it's still a two-hour shows. Which, again, thank God. We cannot say that enough. Every week we're like, "Ooh, okay, it's nice."
1: If I had to sit through another hour of this show, I, you know, we would probably be doing more two-part watches. Because when it was three hours, there were days where it's like, "Nick, I can't do anymore." And we would look at the, the progress bar, and we'd still have forty-five minutes left. I'm like, "No, I can't do anymore." It's literally the third hour. I can't do anymore. <laughs> I
0: have to stop. It's literally why we're like oh, we can watch SmackDown and usually do not watch Raw. We never it's like, finish Raw. It's, it's too much hour. TV.
1: Yeah. It's too much. And it's not the third hour that's the problem. It's the second hour.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> the third hour.
1: The third <laughs> hour, the first hour and the third hour of Raw are usually good. The second hour is filler that they don't know what to do with and we don't want to watch. Cut your roster, cut down your shows, more people will watch.
0: We are recording this before AEW collision starts, and so I have Ooh. no idea what that's going to involved because trying to do three kind of major shows although even then they've kind of downgraded rampage now you want to kind of honor the past but when people are like hey this show might oversaturate your product and you design the logo after wcw monday nitro maybe not the best idea
1: i think i've seen <laughs> this film before <laughs> and i did it like the ending
0: Emily, we haven't even gotten to the ending yet
1: the thing is, like, there are people that were part of the WCW production in AEW. Tony Schiavone's there. You've seen this film before. You've seen this play out from start to finish. You know what's happening, Tony.
0: You were in the film twice because you were in the film of the film.
1: You understand what's happening. Save them from themselves. Tony, you're our only hope.
0: No, Excalibur and Taz are our, our only hope.
1: Taz should also know.
0: Well, he wasn't. He wasn't.
1: He was around. He was part of ECW and WWE. He saw WCW crumble. So many people that are on the roster of AEW right now watched the crumble. And it was not that long ago. I like how
0: you don't reference Jericho as part of this.
1: Jericho's my sweet baby boy. He's never done anything wrong.
0: <laughs> His wife has, but that's unrelated. We're
1: not talking about her.
0: <laughs> I don't know if Taz ever had a WCW match. Because it would have been like pre-ECW yeah. or like maybe one.
1: He was there for the invasion. He was well, there he was, he was, when he, ECW died. He was there when WCW died. He knows He knows what it looks like yeah. from either side of this.
0: He actually would have recently debuted in, in WWF in storyline because he debuts uh. at Royal Rumble 2000. So he's like a week out. And I guess speaking of WWF. Yeah. Uh, this is the week the radicals show up.
1: I was about to ask. Okay.
0: And WWF absolutely murders WCW in the ratings this week. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh. This is a shame because this wasn't a bad show. I'm it not wasn't. dreading talking about this.
0: <laughs> but the other one's better.
1: Anyway, what was the main event on WWF tonight?
0: I don't know. I think it's next week or the week after where they do the the Radicals minus Eddie because Eddie breaks his arm. Yes, so and, Eddie is
1: breaking his arm as and, and, the show is going yeah. on, right?
0: No, he breaks his arm on SmackDown. Oh, okay. Because they debut, but they don't have a match. They, they okay. just show up like, in the front row of the crowd. I think it's next week or the week after where they do the Radicals and like Triple H versus it's like the rock cane and too cool Ooh. main event scotty too hottie
1: scotty talk about a boy <laughs> i love him so much i could just go on a rant for 45 minutes about how much i love scotty too hottie Ugh. that man is the owner of my boy stable
0: putting emily in charge of the eventual patreon might <laughs> be a mistake.
1: This is just going to be a love fest on Scotty, and then this week is a love fest on the hurricane, and then we're going to talk about Al Snow. <laughs> it's not a, all not of a, my favorites. No,
0: okay, it was a love fest, love fest, and then we're going to talk about Al Snow. <laughs> I <laughs> said I,
1: said. I do love Al Snow, but he's got a lot going on.
0: I, I'm imagining Emily just sits me down, and I'm like, we didn't watch anything. i like, no, 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 you're just going to, you know. You're
1: just listening.
0: You're just here for a, ooh, or, yeah.
1: <laughs> now you're the color commentary. Should we talk about the show?
0: Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, we should get into this. It's the January 31st, 2000 WWE Monday Night Show, in case you forgot from like 10 minutes ago when we said it. (laughs) Live from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Not
1: Wilkes-Barre.
0: Yeah, we both learned that when they said it. And they kept saying it, so I assume it's right.
1: Which makes sense because Pennsylvania has, you know, they're known for their weird named towns.
0: So we start the show with a Thunder Recap video package and.
1: We didn't have to watch Thunder, because they recapped fucking everything. And
0: admittedly, we watched the recap package, and I go, you know, we're kind of in the same spot we started in. If you miss Thunder, Sid's still champion. You didn't miss anything other than a weird bullshit swerve. The fact that they changed the title, they literally could have just done, done, well, we did in the match, so you're the champion, but I'm going to face you tonight on on Thunder.
1: Yeah. They're just very clearly trying to get people to watch Thunder.
0: And Emily... I mean, I guess, okay, I guess it is important we watch that match because uh, it's been the last Kevin Nash match we see for a few weeks. Yes. Because Kevin Nash slipped on some ice getting out of his car.
1: No, he didn't.
0: And now needs to have no, surgery. No, he did
1: not. Kevin Nash pushed a baby carriage out of the way of a moving bus. We'll Kevin get, Nash is a hero. We'll
0: get to that later. In reality, Kevin Nash slipped on some ice getting out of a car, hurt himself, and now is now needs surgery. He's going to be after for like six weeks-ish. Crazy. He's still going to be on TV in like a non-wrestling role. But he's not here this week. I'm wondering if they know he's going to miss six weeks or going to need surgery or whatever. Because the fact that Bret Hart is also hurt and they're like, we don't know when he's going to be back, but he'll be back. Except he won't.
1: No, he will not. I'm thinking that because Kevin's is probably more visible than Bret Hart's is. Yeah. I think they might have more of an idea of like, oh, you're injured, but like you slipped on ice. It's not like you were in a car accident and broke your arm.
0: Yeah. And I guess we'll talk about a little more as we go, because they, cle- they set up plans that are without him but he could also overwrite as soon as he, exactly. as he ends up getting back so
1: which he's been known to do
0: let's get into the actual show backstage scott hall and jeff jarrett talk on the phone with kevin nash jeff jarrett is named acting commissioner which annoys scott hall he's like what? i
1: don't blame him yeah. why would jeff jarrett be acting commissioner not scott
0: <laughs> scott's been back a week
1: yeah but jeff jarrett, jarrett has know what's done going on. worse things in his time here than scott hall did when he was here i would trust scott hall over jeff jarrett i don't know. Just saying something. <laughs>
0: Scott Hall's a little bit of a mess, maybe. Uh,
1: and Jeff Jarrett's not.
0: not Jeff Jarrett like is
1: hot-headed, or not hot-headed. He's just like he's quick. He has a quick reflex, and it's not always the right reflex. He's very quick to anger.
0: So they all head towards the ring. They don't make any mention of why Nash is gone. In actuality, no. here. Uh, oh, additionally, I noted because this is actually where I noted the the, the real reason. Unrelated to all this, but little backstage scuttlebutt. No, uh,
1: don't say that word.
0: Sorry I forgot Emily saw The Little Mermaid and... I
1: loved The Little Mermaid But the worst part was that new Scuttlebutt song It's the worst song I've ever heard Lin-Manuel Miranda write It was bad
0: But uh, Stephen Regal has been released by WCW Yeah,
1: oh, I didn't even know that he was owned by WCW
0: Yeah he hasn't appeared on the on Nitro in a while But he's been I don't
1: even remember saying our goodbye to him
0: We did a little one I mean it was one of those where he wasn't a big fixture on the show So we No were... he
1: wasn't And then he was gone for so long I thought we just both like forgot about him
0: I think he was on, like, Saturday night, maybe a mm-hmm. thunder or two, but the, the old personal demons is kind of the culprit here. Ah. We then get an abbreviated Nitro opening and opening pyro, and a new commentary team of Tony yeah. Schiavone, Mike Tenet, and Mark Madden.
1: It's the kiss of death.
0: Em- Emily, how long did it take you to be over Mark Madden?
1: Well, by the end of this show, he's my least valuable player. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is not a category, unfortunately.
1: No. Maybe he's my worst bit.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, I wonder how he's doing. Like, has it been exaggerated? And I'm like... No. God, he comes off like an obnoxious prick. And yes. Look,
1: and not in a, like, I'm putting this on as a character kind of way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, Bob, you know, there's an art to being a heel commentator and being a Michael Cole... Actually, there's the tie into NXT Season 3. Oh, God. <laughs> Annoying prick commentators. Michael like Cole is great in, tw- in, like, the 2020s. He's awful here. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I did... Managed to find out a search of this like database kind of thing. Bobby Heenan will do one Thunder, and I think other than that, it's just Saturday Night mm-hmm. and Worldwide and other random crap.
1: Okay. But it's
0: not a Thunder we're gonna review,
1: so we won't see him again.
0: I don't believe so.
1: Okay,
0: I mean, you know, who's to say he won't like to show up in some sort of weird backstage interview or some panel, but not as a commentator. You
1: really are covering your bases after the Jericho <laughs> thing, aren't you? I
0: really am. <laughs> I actually DM'd Jay from OSW that I'm like, hey, just so you know, there's this random other warrior return that no one ever mentions. People only talk about the promo. He goes, oh, shit. Thanks for telling me. (laughs) He's like, a random random run in during a fucking disciple match. Yeah, that's not. So the NWO come out to the ring. Madden establishes early that he's the heel commentator. I'm like, okay, I get it.
1: We get it. You're bad.
0: Jeff Jarrett tells the crowd that he's in charge because it's probably unclear whether or not they saw the backstage segment. Mm. Steiner then says he brought his own freaks because all the women here in Pennsylvania are fat and has the women show off their outfits.
1: Oh, he didn't just call them fat, Nick. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Cornbread heifers. I drew a little cow in my notes.
0: They officially welcome Ron and Don Harris into the NWO. And I'm like, yeah. They
1: already were.
0: I mean, admittedly, it was like, hey, you're in. And that was it. So, like, it it gave it the pomp and circumstance it deserved.
1: Pomp and circumstance.
0: Jared congratulates Sid for winning the title and is interrupted by a large asshole chant. I'm like, all right. Shocking. Jared says he decides where and when Sid's next match is. And he says it's at Super Brawl. It's going to be Sid versus... Jeff Jarrett. Who
1: would have thought?
0: By the way, that's not when Sid's next match is. That's when the next title defense is. That However, makes
1: sense. That makes sense. Well, he
0: said, "I decided when his next match is." He like.
1: They were talking about the title. I'm willing to let that slide.
0: Also, you're telling me there's not going to be another title match between no, now but and if then? this is
1: what we're going with, I'm yeah. willing to let that slip of the tongue slide.
0: Yeah, and admittedly, kind of lost in all of this is that Jarrett's still the U.S. champion.
1: Yeah, but nobody really cares about. The yeah, US but like, so it's going to be
0: champion versus champion.
1: Nobody cares.
0: Jared also books a six-man tag for tonight. It's going to be him and the Harris Boys versus Sid and two others. Jared says he won't tell you who it is yet, and like blatantly has not decided who it's going to be.
1: Yeah, he's like, I'll decide that
0: eventually.": And then one last thing: I will take bribes. <laughs> Admittedly, this was fairly concise for an NWO promo. I'm like, you know what you got and it? In. coherent. They yeah. didn't
1: mumble their way through this.
0: Kevin Nash wasn't here to drop some movie reference from, like, 12 years ago. Like, it's old enough to where you might recognize it, but, you know, not popular.
1: Like I said, it's whatever movie they're watching on the road.
0: So we have a Super Bowl main event and a Nitro main event.
1: They never said that it was the main event at Super Bowl.
0: Well, okay, it's the title match I assume it's going to be.
1: Why would you assume that? I
0: think it's mostly has been. Mm. Actually, I'd be curious to go back. I think it's mostly been the WCW title match as the main event.
1: I or or
0: Or there hasn't been a WCW title match. Okay. I, I would a, I never I warfare. would
1: never assume anything about where they're putting a, matches on the card. Because what if they want to do another Sid match later in the night? They want to have him run in and like, I don't know. There's a whole other slew of things that could Circle happen. Triple threat theater, baby. Exactly. You never know how this is going to work out. So I would not put any stock in the fact that this is a Super Brawl main event.
0: Man, I'm just realizing. it. I don't know that it, it would be good, but I'm like, you know what? I could enjoy a heel Sid versus face kid match that could be fun. Yeah.
1: Basically, Kidman would just be wrestling circles around Sid.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we basically be getting a match we get later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on, we get commentary plugging some stuff for this Nitro. It's going to be the Mama Luke's versus David Flair and Crowbar in a tag team title match. Booker T versus Big T in a match that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> Spoilers!
0: Uh, Ric Flair is back. Woo! And hopefully he's going to do more than just clap on the ramp.
1: That was so annoying.
0: And Madden says the way he got this job is that he bribed Jeff Jarrett.
1: Which makes sense because Jeff Jarrett says he takes bribes. It's in keeping with the character.
0: And so, in that case, when someone new takes over WWE, they should fire Mark Madden. They should. <laughs> I really don't know if Madden's around until the end of the show. I don't know. The, oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I guess so, but I don't know that for the sure. The
1: way you've talked about Mark Madden is like he shows up and then the show dies. I, so I thought he showed up a lot later.
0: No, it was just one of those things where I know when Madden, when Mark Madden shows up, Bobby Heenan's gone. is really what it was. Yeah. And, but also, I know Mark Madden's around for a lot of crap. So Yeah. Sid arrives at the arena in very 90s gear. Just looking like all those plastic cups that you got. Uh, you know. Well, uh, they're
1: trying. They're trying to push those surge cans. I bet they didn't. There wasn't an ad for it in this, but I'm sure he looks like how he looks on his surge can.
0: Ric Flair arrives in a limo, and also we get a shot of backstage. Jay Biggs is back. Ugh. He's here with the new Harlem Heat, and Emily lost her mind upon revisiting this episode.
1: Big T is coming to the arena holding a gallon of milk, and not a full gallon of milk. A, like, three-quarters of the way, empty gallon of milk, so it assumes that it's assumed that he has been drinking this milk as, like, a pre-workout almost. Imagine chugging, like, over half of a gallon of milk and then going for a wrestling match. Like, even you, you enjoy a glass of milk. You are weird for that. But imagine drinking so much, like, almost half a gallon, over half a gallon of milk, and then wrestling? Well, he's not
0: going to wrestle.
1: But that's his intention. He yeah. has a match on the card. That's the intention. That's his pre-workout.
0: Yeah, the match on the card. They don't really explain why it doesn't happen. but nope. we'll get there.
1: But it's on the card, so you're supposed to yeah. believe that he is intending to have a yeah. match, and he's drinking milk to prepare. Probably whole milk. That what? That didn't look like skim milk.
0: Yeah, it, it was. A, it was a red. It was cap. a red
1: cap, which would imply whole milk. I,
0: I don't know why that's a thing. But I don't it know. Is. But
1: red is whole. Um, purple is two percent. Green is skim.
0: I see. I've seen a couple of like teal being one or two percent, but yeah, like red. Red is whole milk. I don't know why.
1: Not everything is one percent, so yeah, I don't
0: know. Elsewhere backstage, Terry Funk and Arn Anderson do not seem to be on the same page. To go to our first match, it is a cruiserweight title tournament match. Is Lash LaRue versus Evan Courageous? And I don't know whether it's dubbed or not, but Evan Courageous comes out to his old theme and not his three count theme.
1: It sounded like it was a dubbed theme.
0: You then is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go into the whole three count thing. I have a solo, and then super dubbed, and Lash like stops him before then. So, I don't know. Uh, We got an early power slam from Evan Courageous, and then a tilt a whirl slam to Evan Courageous. Then, then Courageous springboards to the floor onto Lash. Very back and forth, not a lot of psychology in this one.
1: Yeah, it was not much to it.
0: Not a lot of catches, catch -catch can style here.
1: (laughs) Oh, this is when Mark Madden was starting to say a lot of his lines that um really turned me on him. So I guess it was a lot faster than I thought. So in his commentary in this, he mentioned that he would love to go to a three-count concert because it'd be full of teenage girls.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, isn't that great? He also said, Oklahoma pouring barbecue sauce on Medusa, that's peak technical wrestling. And he said that sincerely
0: speaking of Oklahoma we peeked at the thunder after this we're not mm-hmm. reviewing it he's now in charge of the women's division I thought he was gone he <laughs> he was, i was told he everything. was gone
1: oh my god
0: admittedly this is also kind of why we uh, we do this podcast It's because so many sources just gloss over these things that they're like oh yeah Oklahoma never seen again yes he was liar I'm listening to the audiobook for uh the for the book nitro which is one of the like Kind of like the big two for WCW books. Mm. They just don't talk about this period barely at all. Like They talk about, really? they talk about like the radicals leaving and that and like...
1: So this is like a dark age of wrestling.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Lashley goes for a shake, rattle, and roll, but is interrupted by three count kind of pulling down the top rope. Like it's a spot they're supposed to do a little cleaner, but
1: yeah, he it crashes really on the floor. Work.
0: We get a sloppy baseball f- slide followed by a sloppy vaulting dive to the outside and... Like, he barely catches anything on either of them. Yeah. Back inside, Shane Helms tries to interfere, but is fought off. We then get Whiplash 2000, which is a Russian leg sweep neck breaker.
1: They called it a reverse Russian leg sweep. That's what commentary called it. And they said he calls it a Whiplash 2000.
0: But a Russian leg sweep is backwards. They call
1: it a reverse Russian leg sweep. That would be forward.
0: I don't know, man. That's
1: that's That's what they said. That's the stroke. That's Jeff Jarrett's finisher.
0: Uh, I did like the move. I thought it was I interesting enough looking. we we'll like, move, bad name. Yo, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's interesting enough looking and it's safe. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, cool. I, I'll accept this. And uh, Lash Larue wins. He's advancing in the tournament, which we still don't have we a bracket for. We still don't
1: know who's in this tournament.
0: This was a eh, opening match. Wasn't offensive, but.
1: It was a very opening
0: match. Yeah.
1: It was talk over it. Get the commentary some more time to just chit chat. And have it be, yeah, inoffensive.
0: Remember when they had Through hold his own against Scott Hall? And they're like, he might be going somewhere.
1: Yeah, that didn't you take know? very long. That didn't really go anywhere. Is
0: that just the mid and undercard in a nutshell commentary going, he might be going places? No. Nope. <laughs> Backstage, the NWO mumble. I know, it's shocking.
1: They are mumbling about how the catering that was brought to them is not fancy enough. They yes. want lobster and they want medallions and they want filet and yeah.
0: One of the Harris boys, yeah, just rejects a sandwich platter, and <laughs> I'm guessing it was one of like actual concession workers because a girl, like a girl in her twenties, walks in, has the sandwiches, walks out, and just like just no sounds, just kind of smiling, like I'm here,
1: and <laughs> this is fine.
0: We then get back-to-back ads coming back from whatever commercial. It's a Randy Savage Slim Jim ad, still, and then the first of two, Dustin Rhodes. Don't try this at home.
1: This was weird. It was. Because Dustin Rhodes does not really have a crazy move set to the point where it's like, oh, man, I really want to emulate Dustin I have seen him since,
0: like, Starcade.
1: Right, exactly. But it would make more sense for this to be coming from, like, Kidman, honestly. Kidman or Ray or even Sid of just, like, listen, we're trained. We can do all these crazy things. You cannot.
0: Well, speaking of Dustin Rhodes,
1: I, like, recently... Watched him get married? Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I was re- recently listening back to an old episode of the Ad Terror podcast, and they're talking about a promo he does, which is basically the seven promo, oh. where he goes back to being Dustin Runnels or whatever, and he's like, oh yeah, I was Goldust, and Goldust sucked. And I'm like, that's the exact verbiage. it's almost
1: the exact, like, yeah, that's the exact promo.
0: Both promos written by Vince Russo, so...
1: So he has one promo. Yeah. Ugh.
0: <laughs> which... Just peak attitude era, he had a sign, and it was meant to be like thinking, you know, evangelical Christian because he was all like moral superiority. Sign saying he is coming. Mm-hmm. So Emily, you have a guy with a sign saying he is coming. Who do you have him feud with?
1: Venus, I don't know. You are correct, Emily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think Val had a sign that said, "I have come." <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Christ. Uh, it's Literally. <laughs> well, in, in, in one of the cases. Anyway, let's move on. We get Mean Gene interviewing the Crazies, which we need a better name for. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, calling them Crazies does kind of feel like derogatory, but that's how I have them written down, too.
0: Well, it doesn't help, we talked about this before, that, like, it's just how they're presented. Like, it's, you know. Do they
1: have a faction name?
0: They, I remember at one point, David and Daphne watched the movie Natural Born Killers, and were like, it's Um. us. And I forget if it's later in WCW or it's in ECW and it happened already or it's cross promotional. I know the natural born thrillers are a thing. Oh, no. I think it's with an AZ too, just to add to the, the 2000s cringe.
1: Yeah, really. And it's probably two white boys trying to be hip, right?
0: Yeah. T- tweet in if you have a good name or there's a canon name that we haven't gotten to yet. That we're just yet. missing, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have Daphne the Mystery Machine.
1: That's stupid.
0: I mean, David Flair is about as good a promo as Scooby-Doo is, so.
1: I mean, sure, but I feel like calling them the Misery machine is almost giving them too much credit. Like, Crowbar's good, but he's not like, let's resolve all sins good.
0: But yeah, Mean Dream's interviewing them. David laughs. Daphne basically says Crowbar cut a promo.
1: Pretty much. He's like, yeah, say something.
0: And I made the joke last week that Crowbar turned into Gordon Soley. I think he was doing an impression. I've not heard enough Gordon Soly to be like, oh, that was. But Commentary kind of. He's like the old school WCW announcer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I have no
1: idea.
0: Commentary kind of references that. So I'm like, oh, wait, is he doing an impression? He does it well enough. But. So maybe. Uh, he hops in the mic, does the hard sell. And I'm like, good man. It would make good sense. Good
1: man. It would make sense for him to be doing an impression. Like to be in canon with their personality. Oh, yeah. If he's doing an impression, that makes total sense
0: agreed yeah it's just one of those things where i'm like i don't know if it's over back because i've not watched enough real old school wcw
1: which is okay we yeah. don't need to go all the way back there.
0: like nwa territory not even like
1: we don't need to go back yeah. there we are doing just fine where we are i don't want to go back to know what's coming in the future
0: so you're ruling out after we fit it uh, after we get to the end of the wcw going back and no, uh, starting the night No, era.
1: i don't want to do that
0: so they're backstage during the interview. The goons attack them. The
1: goons
0: and the bell rings because apparently this is a street fight, and they had some sort of fancy name for what type of street. Yeah, did
1: you write it
0: down? They're all the same. I don't. It's just
1: some back. It's some hardcore no yeah. rules match. Whatever.
0: It's some Italian thing, but yeah. So we are now in the Mamelukes versus David Flair and Crowbar for the WWE Tag Team Titles. Mm. They actually brawl out. Outside into the snow for about, like, seven seconds. I think one person gets scoop slammed in the yeah. snow and they go, that's enough. I'm yeah, chilly. Yeah, in
1: case you forgot, we're in uh, northwest Pennsylvania in the, at the end of January. Yeah. It's cold.
0: I don't know when he would have got there because this match didn't have, you know, a clean initial start. But Disco Inferno's on commentary.
1: Yeah, I did not make any note of him on commentary.
0: Well... I think the one thing of note is that he basically says, yeah, you're never going to see Tony Marinara again. Does
1: he say that? I missed that.
0: It, 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 you know, they don't kill him off, but they basically He's go like, with the yeah, not quite. Um, but they basically like, yeah, Disco is just in charge of the Mamelukes now, which it's kind of been happening. We've seen it subtly, but they flat out say like, yeah, no, Tony's gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, we never really knew what Tony was going to do. Like, his his storyline did have a pretty clean finish line to it. He didn't get to the finish line, but there was a finish to his story. You know, like, you catch disco, you pay off your father. You're, what else he got?
0: Yeah. He wasn't wrestling. But he didn't pay off his father.
1: Exactly. So they so. didn't finish his story, but his story always had an end.
0: All right, WrestleMania 40. Tony Marinara, Cody Rhodes, finished oh, the story. Oh, my
1: God. No, we're going to that WrestleMania. I don't want that. Well, we're going to that WrestleMania, knock on wood, assuming we get tickets.
0: I was going to say, assuming there isn't a pandemic again. Because <sighs> the last WrestleMania we tried to go to was WrestleMania in 2020.
1: Yeah. I've and, never been more sad than that day. Uh, so no, it was the day that we realized that it wasn't going to happen. Because Disney World shut down, but... WrestleMania hadn't been canceled yet, so we're like, maybe we still go to Florida, because yeah. we didn't know how bad it was. Yeah, it was
0: still in the days of like,
1: how bad is this? This isn't that bad, but uh, guess it was.
0: So there's a match, they finally get to the ring, there's a crutch shot to a trash can lid on David Flair's crotch, and man, yeah. Vito almost misses. Oh, does he? he like clips like the back end of the trash can which whatever
1: he gets it looks like it hurts
0: yeah i mean i guess actually maybe that's for the best not hit directly on the center of the lid because that would have been where his dick is
1: good point but if you're not wearing a cup that's kind of on you
0: Vito works david over with some weapons and then tries to do the trash talk to the camera i think it's half a syllable out and then they cut away i'm like
1: what are you he was giving thing. them a chance. He's doing the
0: hands. What are you doing?
1: I love that they have the hands as part of their moveset. But, like, you don't even give them a chance to try to, like, redeem themselves or, like, become themselves.
0: You know, I've never looked. It's going to break my heart if Vito and Johnny the Bull are not actually Italian.
1: Don't look. They're probably as Italian as, like, you are. Like, you're Italian, but you're not born and bred Italy Italian.
0: Yeah, and I like I don't know if Johnny the Bull is Italian, but I know he goes on to become Relic.
1: Shut the fuck and up. And I don't Nick, know
0: I if can't. you're aware of this. Nick, but Relic is killer Nicholas, backwards. I'm
1: calling off the wedding. I'm not doing this anymore.
0: Oh hey, here's Miss Hancock. I'm gonna kill you. But look at her legs though, Emily.
1: I have seventy-five days to decide if I want to go through with this wedding. Tread lightly. Mm.
0: Johnny the Bull hits a press slam. They just keep cutting to Stacy at the announce table. I don't remember Mark Madden saying anything awful here.
1: Honestly, me either, which is kind of shocking.
0: Or we just heard it and tuned it out. There but... was
1: a lot going on in this match. So there's a very high chance that he did say something and we just didn't catch it. Yeah.
0: We have Tope leg drop from Crowbar onto a chair on Johnny the Bull's face, which he like set up and I went, well, okay, he's going to move because this and would be awful sad. to take. And it, it, He hit it, it and it like looked awful to move. take.
1: He should have moved, that's for sure.
0: Then we get a springboard dive to the Mama Lukes from Crowbar, and then they put a table in the ring, and Crowbar lays the table on top of Johnny the Bull with, like, the metal frame side up, and I'm like, Yeah, what are you going for? Like,
1: why would you do this? Even if you hit what you're going for. This screamed, I'm going to throw this table out of the way and, like, fuck you over.
0: Which, like, reading the note in my notes, Crowbar lays a table on Johnny the Bull just sounds wrong.
1: But no, that is what happened. But this is kind of one of those instances of he who sets it up takes the bump. Like, he didn't set it up. No. He just presented it as an option. He just brought it into the ring.
0: Yeah, because Disco hops off commentary and stops a moonsault from Crowbar, which is probably best for everybody. Oh, here. yeah. Him and Johnny the Bull lay Crowbar on, on the table after setting it up, and Vito hits a diving splash for the win. This was messy, but not bad. It
1: really wasn't bad. I really kind of enjoyed it.
0: I, I mean, maybe. I it mean, maybe...
1: Crowbar did a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, I would say maybe it helps
0: that David kind of disappeared into barely the background. in this match
1: for good reason.
0: It makes me sad that I don't know what happens with Crowbar. I
1: know. I was going to ask. Like I have not Googled it at all. Like, where does Crowbar go next? What does he do after this? But, like, he has the makings of what could be a fantastic character in wrestling. Like, we know he's a good wrestler. We know he's a good promo. Like, you could really push this guy and do something with him, but I don't think they're going like I mean, to. Obviously, because I, I don't know who he is.
0: I don't know if we you know he's a good promo. He's he good at doing is. that one impression. I, I'd love to hear him actually get some mic time, but I don't know if he actually sticks around until the end of WWE, but, you know, he's not part of the invasion. I think he ends yeah. up in WWA or XWF or some crap. So, yeah, I don't know where he goes, and that kind of makes me sad.
1: I hope he goes off to do better things. I wonder if he's, like, a trainer somewhere now. I, hopefully. Maybe he's in... Um, AW, because everybody seems to be going to AW.
0: Well, a couple people we know are not headed to AW. Mr. Biggs and Harlem Heat head towards the ring. Midnight and Booker T are also headed towards the ring, although again, we see Midnight head towards the ring and she's not going to appear when she probably should.
1: Midnight is useless. I have turned on her. She is so useless. She is like not quite Miss Elizabeth, but she is going down that path. She is a big buff woman who has you know The ability to kick somebody for the, like, at least... I don't know if her wrestling ability has gotten better. She kind of did the David Flair of, like, she got better and then she got bad and then she got better. But, like, try.
0: Yeah, but unlike David... Do anything. Unlike David Flair, I know she just vanishes at some point.
1: Do anything.
0: Elsewhere backstage, Brian Knobs bribes Jeff Jarrett to book Finley versus the Total Package. Not really sure why he picked Lex Luger, but sure.
1: Did he pick Lex Luger? Yeah,
0: he said against the Total Package. It... bit of storytelling we saw a mile away when he said it i can assure you they'll be in the same ring tonight we're like hmm,
1: i wonder what that could mean i don't know that
0: i called it exactly but i'm like ah we that, both caught it we're like, like mm, this
1: is gonna be fuckery
0: <laughs> whatever it is it's not going to be finley versus the total package no
1: it was never going to be that
0: <laughs> Out towards the ring booker comes out and gets a big pop like I've said it before, and I know you do, but fucking push this man.
1: Uh, and they're going to have to push him by default soon because they're going to lose all their main roster, yeah. like main event people. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because his main event Booker should have happened, but.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think he gets the real push until midsummer. I mean, yeah. ma- maybe something happens before then, but I think we still have a little while. And when Booker's coming out, his music suddenly stops and he kind of looks confused. And in a bit of storytelling that I've kind of been unintentionally alluding to, Jay Biggs, Mr. Biggs, I think it was Jay Biggs they called him. I don't
1: remember.
0: He comes out to explain. He says that music is property of Harlem Heat Incorporated.
1: They're an LLC?
0: So Booker can no longer use the music, but he says that they're not ungenerous, and he's like, all right, here's a new theme for you, and it's generic rock theme number three.
1: Okay, so I didn't quite get the joke on this. To me, this didn't land as well because it seems like so much of the music in WCW is dubbed and it's dubbed with a generic song. So when this played, it didn't hit for me that this was supposed to be a dig because it was just like, it just kind of sounds like another WCW okay. theme. I,
0: okay, I was going to say, like, in terms of the dubbing, a, a handful of themes are dubbed. I wouldn't say it's the majority. but I said a good but, bit. I mean, but I would say it's really more a damning indictment of, yes, there are a lot of crap WW themes so yeah this, this
1: didn't, didn't sound that this, bad yeah
0: it sounded better than a handful of them
1: yeah so I didn't quite get the dig of this I thought like it was it could have been worse so Mr Biggs um has his little dig line what
0: yeah of think? meaningless music for a meaningless person
1: which like damn that's a good line that's <laughs> harsh I don't think that was warranted like that music was bad but it wasn't like insulting
0: and then he continues and I went, I knew we were kind of getting this, but oh fuck, it's the T promo.
1: Yes, they are teasing that T tea match. It's
0: the Sesame Street promo. You said apparently, said they there with teasing? Apparently, the letter T is property of Harlem Heat, which prompts asshole chance of all the...
1: How dare you claim an- a letter?
0: <laughs> During Pride Month, too.
1: That is one of the letters, you're right. It-
0: so Stevie then grabs the mic and just reiterates everything that's already been said. Like, good promo, bud.
1: But he adds in that Booker also can't wear the flame pants. Apparently. The flames are copywritten. I'm
0: wondering if this is the start of him wearing the trunks. This, I hope is not. Is going to prompt it? I
1: don't, I don't want Booker T wearing shorts.
0: But he also name drops the G.I. Bro gimmick. And it's like, well, you can't be Booker T anymore and be Harlem Heat, but you can go be G.I. Bro.
1: But they called him Booker, which, like, I'm fine with Booker. Just drop yeah. the
0: T. It, it's going to spill everywhere.
1: Spill that T, sis.
0: Big T then grabs the mic and says the letter T belongs to him. And by the way, if you were wondering, our outro music will be Sesame Street. He then offers to settle the name dispute right now, except J. Biggs is like, no, no, we're not doing that. Despite the match being booked yeah, for tonight. Yeah, there is
1: supposed to be a match in the ring right now. J.
0: Biggs saw the milk and went, no, no, brother. You he are ain't, not ain't going out there.
1: <laughs> Sir, you need to go like purge for a minute because with all that milk in you, you're not putting on a good, a good match at all.
0: Well, I don't know that he would anyway.
1: Wow.
0: Well, Look, I'm Ahmed Johnson problem. brought good energy. I don't know that he's ever known for his good matches. Valid. So Mr. Biggs comes towards the ring, and he wonders if Booker even has a wrestling license, which... I
1: saw, like, what the fuck is a wrestling license? Yeah,
0: so I figured this might be a little confusing because it's an old-school wrestling thing of wrestlers have their wrestling license, and managers have their manager's license. And it's basically so that wrestlers can't come out in a managerial role. Like, you need your license... For that, you're one or the other.
1: But the wrestling license seems weird.
0: Yeah, and it was like, I don't think they said that's why the match wasn't happening because they tacked it on, like, I bet you don't even have this. Like, well, does Harlem Heat own it or no?
1: Right. Because,
0: like, that would kind of make sense for why the match wasn't happening. Right. But they never outright say that.
1: It's just, this is the first time I've ever heard of a license, so I f- it felt made up to me. It felt like you were just coming up with something. And he also implied, like, if you don't have a license, you're a fake wrestler. You're a phony. Like, what does what does A have to do with B?
0: Well, I guess, actually, I think they've previously mentioned a license once recently. Because there was some sort of paperwork with Liz and the Total Package and Sting.
1: Yeah, but that was... But oh. I guess that was more... But can, that was a managerial thing.
0: Yeah, well, manager's license. But- manager's
1: license? I, can, I am behind a manager's license. That makes sense to me. The wrestler's license is where you lose me. Yeah,
0: I mean, athletic commissions, shit like that. I don't know.
1: But that's not a license.
0: What if Booker T is forklift certified? Oh, how, how, how that,
1: forklift certified Booker T.
0: Him versus Perry Saturn. Yeah, cause
1: wasn't that the name of, a, of an episode yes. way back in the day? So we can't, Ju- we can't re- rehash that.
0: Judy Bagwell is a special guest referee from atop the forklift
1: oh my god
0: so anyway um j biggs gets in the ring so as he's shit talking midnight comes out and drags j biggs into the ring however she yeah. comes out like 10 to 15 seconds after harlem heat leave so with- they
1: had to have crossed paths behind the curtains yeah they had to be like oh hey midnight what's up like what <laughs> it's broken the universe is broken
0: so Jay Biggs is in the ring, Booker beats him down a little bit, despite him objecting. And there's a weird lawyer aspect, like, oh, is he going to be sued? The commentary half mentions it, but doesn't really care. Seems like they don't know if that's going to be a story or not.
1: Yeah, but as they're like brawling in the ring, doesn't he like hurt Mister Biggs' neck or something? Yeah, because
0: hardly he comes out yeah. to uh, to save Jay Biggs. Midnight just watches Booker get beat down for a little Midnight
1: bit. Midnight is
0: useless. She jumps on Big T, and then the heels just beat down Booker and. Biggs is gonna hit him, but then sells his neck, and
1: that's gonna be a malpractice d- loss, or not malpractice. That's just gonna be a lawsuit at some point. Like that has to be it.
0: Yeah, B- B- Booker gets chance. People want him to do better. I'm well, like,
1: yeah, because Booker T is great. You know what? Who's holding?
0: Booker uh, use his name, his proper name.
1: Do not do that to me again. That like. That sent me into fight or flight, and I'm ready to fight you.
0: <laughs> I thought I thought you were in on the bit, and I saw the faces. And I'm like, oh no! Apparently, she's not. Use his his legal name now, Booker. Yes. <laughs> don't use a T word. I don't gonna remember what I was
1: going to say because I'm so enraged.
0: <laughs> we don't want to get sued. This was a unsurprisingly dumb promo.
1: I, it didn't make any sense. Like because this didn't turn into a match in that a match that was billed. Yeah. Why it, not just turn it into a brawly match?
0: Yeah, it didn't. The match didn't happen, and I, I, I kind of like the bit of story where it's like, yeah, you're not a Harlem Heat anymore. You can't do the Harlem Heat things. Like, sure, that, that makes sense. I'm makes down sense. with that. And then the letter T is when. So I'm actually kind of curious. Do you think they gave him the name Big T before they had this idea or after? Before. So so they decided afterwards to do this story. Yes,
1: I think that the brawl of over the letter T was an afterthought. And they're like, oh, look what we did. That's so silly. That's dumb. Oh, I think it's the opposite. No. I think they
0: gave him the name going, I
1: don't bro- wanna... brother,
0: I got a story for you.
1: I don't want to give them that much credit.
0: I swear to God, you're going to fight over a goddamn letter.
1: Well, this isn't Vince Russo. I know.
0: I'm <laughs> trying to think if he was here for Russo. I think it was after. But uh, all right, let's move on. Norman Smiley heads towards the ring in a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey.
1: Yeah, you didn't even know this was Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, it looked a little cartoonish, but
0: uh, I don't like the NHL, and I'm not even going to pretend to.
1: Fake fan. Three
0: three count attacks him, and he runs away. Elsewhere backstage, we then get Jeff Jarrett talking to Finley. Apparently, Brian Nobbs did not give Jeff Jarrett enough money.
1: So, yeah, he just sells out Nobbs to Finley.
0: Yeah, so Finley is now the special guest referee for Brian Nobbs versus the total package. Elsewhere, we see Brian Hobbs pissed about this, watching on some television screen. Jeff
1: Jarrett never said he wasn't a man of his word. He did exactly what he said he was going to do.
0: Yeah, he's a shit booker. He booked a heel versus heel with a third heel as the referee.
1: Again, no one said Jeff Jarrett was a good booker. Like, we didn't say he was good at his job. We just said that we're he's a man of his word. His
0: dad's a good booker. Fucking learn from your dad. Who's his father? Jerry Jarrett. Nope. Uh, Jerry Jarrett actually would have, apparently would have been the person to take over the WWF if Vince had gone to prison for the steroid scandal. In
1: 1994, my family was put under attack, just like the World Trade Centers. Yeah, I remember that.
0: We continue backstage. Norman Smiley finds the, the kiss demon's casket.
1: Yeah, he's like running and hiding from three count. And he just kind of hides in the casket. And then, oh, scary magic casket starts to close on him
0: but the effects aren't that good so it just looks like he's pulling the door closed
1: okay, yeah but he's screaming so you don't know what's happening yeah
0: additionally the kiss demon's gear is in there this will come up later Stupid. Let's go to a match that i was saying should have been happening for weeks or should have been a feud and it's just a throwaway match instead it's kidman with tori versus the wall
1: i will never get excited for the wall <laughs> I know know they're trying to push him. And even as he was coming out, they were like lauding him as this great wrestler. And he's the only one that can take down Kidman or whatever. I don't know what they even said. He lost clean to Sid two weeks ago. they were lauding this man. Like he's the best thing that wrestling has ever produced. Like the best thing that WCW has ever created. I'm like, he's fucking mid at best. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And even in this match, he's so forgettable. Like it's not about him. It shouldn't be about him at least.
0: The wall charges the start and Kidman hits a rebound clothesline. wall starts beating down Kidman, including a big press slam. Then it hits a backbreaker and a two-handed choke. Follows that up with a gut buster to Kidman. And then Kidman's put on the top rope and manages to get away and hits a missile dropkick. Pop-up Hurricane Rana to the wall, but the wall catches Kidman out of the air and slams him in a nice kind of feet of strength spot. Hmm. The wall signals for the choke slam. And then we get Vampiro coming out?
1: Yeah, why are you here?
0: Tori gets in the apron to kind of distract the ref for this next spot because the wall gets Kidman up to do the big choke slam spot, and Vampiro gets in the top row and hits a diving spin kick. Who he hits this on is kind of relative because he definitely appears to hit Kidman fully.
1: Yes. How- yes.
0: However, Kidman lands on top of the wall and pins him with just like wall laying flat on the ground, meaning this would have somehow knocked out the wall. Yeah because so he doesn't like, just lay down. Like it wasn't like, oh, was he landed he in a small package or Was he
1: supposed to hit the wall and he missed? Was he supposed to hit Kidman and just kind of like, was he just here to fuck with the match and didn't matter? It didn't matter to him who won. Well, like, was he just there to fuck with shit?
0: To add two layers of more questions to this. Vampiro sees Kidman on top like about to get the pin looks at it, basically shrugs and goes, eh, fine, and leaves the ring. That's
1: why I'm thinking that he just wanted to mess with the match regardless but, of the outcome.
0: But Kidman then confronts Vampiro on the way out and they cut away before we can yeah, hear any of it. we don't, we don't it.
1: know if it was a, like, hey, what the fuck, man, or hey, thanks for that. Like, we don't yeah. know if it was a handshake or a shove.
0: Yeah, it overshadowed any sort of quality or lack of quality in this match. Yeah. I mean, the match itself was kind of eh, but it was just such a messy end that I'm like, I don't know what I'm meant to, to take away from this.
1: Right. But there was one thing in this match that really ground my gears.
0: Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs>
1: How could you forget? So there was a sign in the crowd. And this sign is just the pinnacle of respect the fucking public school system, public teachers, because we desperately need them because this is embarrassing. So there was a sign that said Tory equals sign apostrophe S ratings. The apostrophe S is redundant. Tori equals sign ratings. That still says Tori equals ratings. X equals Y. You don't put X equals sign apostrophe S Y. That's not how grammar works. That's not how math works. That's not how any of this works. And if you had just listened to your fucking teachers in hooked on phonics in third grade, you would never have had this problem.
0: Emily, uh, there is a worse grammatically incorrect sign I need to tell you about. It's from TNA. Oh, God. And uh, it's from it's Hogan and Bischoff's first show, and they're coming down. They're coming down the ramp, and there's a there's a sign someone has that says they're here. Oh,
1: it's the wrong there.
0: It's T H E R E, but God. there's a bunch of E's, a bunch of R's, and a bunch of E's. But
1: that those are <laughs> those are opposites. Here and there.
0: And to add to it, Hogan grabs the sign and points to it, like, "Yeah, brother, we're here." <laughs>
1: to the parents out there please call your students school and get the principal on the phone and thank those teachers for being there because what the fuck is happening this was 20 plus years ago and this is still a problem this was literally 23 years ago and nothing has gotten better learn to listen to your teachers take grammar seriously respect your fucking teachers advocate for price raises Price rates, that's not right. Advocate for raises for teachers. This is ridiculous.
0: Emily Lowe's teacher. She shared a mimosa tower with one of them recently.
1: She needed it. She just finished her school year and it was rough.
0: Let's move on. Backstage, Ric Flair heads towards the ring and somewhere else, Scott Hall wants to know who the who the mystery partners are going to be and it's still not decided. We see Mean Gene is in the ring. He has Ooh. very generic music and I'm like...
1: I've never noted Mean Gene's music ever.
0: I don't think I've played it before we was here at the end of it. I'm like, why not just do the nitro music? Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. But he
0: also has some glasses.
1: The man's wearing glasses.
0: Gene references that Ric Flair is potentially running for governor of North Carolina.
1: I guess I missed this. I thought this was a joke.
0: No, no, no. He was legitimately debating the time. He doesn't end up doing it, but he was talking about it.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I, I was thinking like we talked about Hogan running for president. The Rock played with running for president. We know that um, Glenn Kane becomes the mayor.
0: Like, By the way, his name is Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> no, not his Glenn name Kane. is Glenn
1: Kane. Who else was in politics? Like, how how high does this go? The
0: the biggest one that you're missing would be Jesse the Body Ventura, who uh, you would uh, have seen very little of. Yeah, I don't know him. He becomes governor of, of Minnesota, but he's oh, like <laughs> 80s <laughs> era commentary. Oh shit! Okay. And uh, he wrestled in the 70s. Okay. Um, admittedly, would have been a great. Like, feud with Hogan, but just had an injury and didn't end up, couldn't end, end up staying wrestling. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun fact about Jesse Ventura. I guess actually two fun facts. Protective? He tried to form a wrestlers union back in the 80s. Oh, he failed. Clearly. And he got he got ratted out. That doesn't work for me, brother. Fuck
1: you. <laughs> Fuck this man.
0: <laughs> and then in, uh, after he was governor, I forget what channel it was on, but he hosted a conspiracy theory show.
1: Jesse Ventura <laughs> did? Yes. Oh, I'm interested in that. I don't
0: think that. it's a good show. I remember I watched it at the time, but I remember even like 13 year old me like, this is pretty flimsy.
1: I'm interested in
0: that. Uh, oh, and you're forgetting the most prominent um, WWE superstar to run for politics. WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump. That doesn't count. Has been indicted.
1: <laughs> also, I don't remember him. Was he ever like an in ring worker?
0: Oh God, no, no.
1: Then it doesn't count,
0: brother. No, he um. Well, he threw he hit Vince McMahon with some very bad punches at I WrestleMania. I don't know who he
1: is. I, I he I I can couldn't, couldn't tell you anything about the man or his hair or I, his second indictment.
0: I was reminded of a promo that Hulk Hogan cuts at a WrestleMania, whether at one of the Trump hotels. I think it's one of the one of the Atlantic City ones, where he's like. Donald Trump's a hocomaniac. You know, the apocalypse is gonna happen. He's gonna let go of all his earthly possessions. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, he he did
1: try to have the apocalypse happen. He didn't okay, he didn't try, but he didn't stop the apocalypse from happening, that's for damn sure.
0: But Emily, it's been a long time, but it's back from Ric Flair. Did we get it? We get it. Woo! My God! Jesus. Mean Woo by God Gene is back.
1: Woo!
0: <laughs> we, we were so excited because we didn't think he was going to do it. He no,
1: because was... he came out so serious and kind of solemn. Like, he had some shit to say when he came out. And usually he only does the Mean Woo by God Gene when he's, like, coming out, like, doing, doing the dance and kind of, like, styling and profiling. And he came out to Gene and it really didn't seem like he was going to do well, it. Well,
0: that kind of sets the tone for this because... Emily, is Ric Flair a healer face oh, here? Oh, could
1: not tell you. He seems to
0: flip-flop.
1: I mean, he's only here because he got paid. He well, well, outright says that. I wouldn't have come to Pennsylvania if the deal wasn't
0: right. Well, we'll get there because he starts off by going, "Yeah, I'm better than all of your local sports teams combined. And they're like, yeah, Ric Flair. Ric Flair's the best. He also says that wrestling fans have been starved to see him. And I'm like, yeah, you're not I wrong. I mean,
1: yeah, you're not. You're not wrong
0: flair soaks in the crowd support and the signs and is like reading them and he's like yeah flair is god i am i'm great he also says he's never had a peer in this sport and at the age of 50 he's still the man and then references his space mountain moniker uh,
1: when I, I, honestly like you're telling me all these words that he said i could not catch a single word he was like so on another plane that i was not catching mo- most of this promo
0: he says that everyone has missed him and asked gene if, if gene's missed him and he's like you know i really have
1: I bet that's true.
0: Yeah, Gene doesn't talk to anybody anymore,
1: which is lame. He's still like a, a good, you know, interviewer.
0: He's just doing the hotline,
1: which is lame. They don't even advertise the hotline anymore. Mm.
0: Flair then notes something we've talked about previously: that a few weeks ago, the powers to be asked him to be commissioner, but he declined. you haven't gotten the powers to be so he, mentioned. Yeah, in a they
1: haven't mentioned powers to be probably since Flair left. <laughs> He hasn't gotten the memo that, like, um, we don't do
0: that anymore. No, it's been after that. But he got buried in the desert for yeah. the whole Russo kind of time. So and I yeah. think, I think Nash weirdly mentioned them in very much passing, but.
1: I just don't remember the phrase powers to be coming
0: up. He also asked, why would you want the greatest wrestler alive to be commissioner? And I'm like,
1: you've been commissioner before. Yeah.
0: Or no, sorry, he was president. He was president.
1: That was not commissioner.
0: Which he also has big nature boy chance, which I rarely hear. Here's where Flair notes that like, I only came back because the money was right, which that might be a little bit of a shoot. I know he's trying to get out of his contract.
1: I'm sure it's true.
0: He takes off his jacket and wants to clarify one thing. And it's that he has an issue with Terry Funk. He's It confi-
1: begs the question of, like, did anybody know what the plan was last week?
0: He's literally like, I don't know why Funk thought he, Flair would support him.
1: Like, if we're all feuding, if all the old men don't like each other, what the fuck was Arn and Terry doing last week?
0: I don't know. We'll never know. And it's never going to be followed up on. We're past it. <laughs> Thunder doesn't count.
1: I guess not. But, like, even, even Thunder now doesn't make any sense. Because why did Ric Flair just come out? It was a whole... I don't know, man. He, he had
0: to clap. Yeah, Flair says he doesn't support Funk and then calls him out. And Funk comes out and gets, like, large boos.
1: Which I don't understand. No.
0: And then he also comes out swinging because he opens up, by calling Flair, a banana-nosed, horse-toothed, evil bastard.
1: So there is one thing that Terry Funk does better than I think anybody on the WCW, WCW roster right now, and that is push a narrative. This man can escalate a feud. He can push a story. He can get people invested in an argument or a fight or a character development.
0: He can, he he can is he can, so good. He, he can create a very weird insult that he knows is an insult like calling someone an egg sucking dog. Yeah like you just that? know That's that not good.
1: None of those words are bad but in the same sentence they are coming out of Terry Funk's mouth.
0: I wouldn't want to be an egg sucking dog.
1: But like the word egg, the word sucking and the word dog. None of those are bad words. No. Yeah, it's impressive.
0: Funk puts over Flair's accomplishments, but notes the jealousy in Flair's voice. And then they start talking about Mick Foley's book a little bit. <laughs> like, why? Which,
1: like, it came out in, what, 99, right? Yeah. So I guess it's kind of new?
0: Yeah, but it's the guy in the
1: other company. Yeah. I mean, they're all buddies. Or at least Funk and Mick are.
0: Yeah, so for context, Mick Foley praised Terry Funk in his book and put down Ric Flair. and I assume that this was not the exact wording, but... Funk says that in the book, Foley noted that Flair wouldn't make a decent sized pimple on Funk's ass.
1: Which like is a good insult.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's a very Terry Funk insult. Is, that's why yeah. I'm like, I think that's that's you. Uh. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. You know. Funk wants Flair to join him against the NWO and tells Flair to grow up and then tells him to be a goddamn father.
1: Like, is he wrong?
0: Well, he doesn't start wrong, but um, he gets there. Because he's like, if David was my child, I'd take him behind the woodshed and teach him how to live. But you won't do that, okay, will yeah, you, Rick? Okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm no. not
1: team a child abuse. I'm not team corporal punishment. But, like, I understand the sentiment. Yeah. What Terry Funk is saying is that David Flair needs a father and Rick Flair has been absent.
0: Yeah, but... But in another one of the confusing is Ric Flair a heel, it's like he won't beat his kid. What a heel.
1: I know. What?
0: Funk tells Flair to go be governor and leave the fight to Funk and Arn. Flair says it's not
1: going very well with just Funk and Arn, so why would you do that?
0: How did you further your cause when you wrestled the demon on Thunder? How is that going? Right. Flair says that Foley is wrong and then insults Terry Funk's farm, which really pisses off Funk.
1: How dare you insult my goats?
0: My goats aren't fake. You use that word. Ric Flair should never have broken in this business. Flair says he'll slap the shit out of Funk, and they actually use that verbiage. And then he tells Funk to get into the ring, and Funk does. Flair then notices and laughs at Terry Funk's shirt, calling him a living legend. And they brawl momentarily until security breaks it up. Kinda? Kinda. Like, they're not trying hard enough to break it up, and... The two men aren't trying enough to have a brawl because their is breaking it up. So, it just kind of comes off weird.
1: They mentioned WrestleMania in this promo. Did you catch that? From Starcade to WrestleMania back to Starcade when they're talking about the world titles.
0: Oh, how many Flairs won?
1: Yeah, I think I think the direct quote from Funk is from Starcade to WrestleMania to Starcade. I have more world titles than you on your little chicken ranch. I guess Flair said that. That makes more sense. So how dare you insult the chickens? Not even the goats. It's the chickens. Chickens are lucrative.
0: Flair heads to the back and Terry Funk wants more. Backstage, Jeff Jarrett notes that they just found Sid's two partners. Mm. I liked this segment. It was... the it was right a great a, promo. It, was, it the, was fantastic. It was the right amount of messy. Like oh, yeah. We talk about how Ric Flair's style sometimes has them talking over each other. And they let each other be heard enough and had enough back and forth to where this felt good. It felt... I don't want to say authentic because it did come off like a story, but but it felt felt believable.
1: It being a story is not a bad thing. And Funk pushing this narrative and really making this a storyline is not a bad thing. This company is really lacking compelling stories. And this could be something.
0: Yeah. The one thing that has maybe going against it is like, don't try to push Ric Flair as a heel. People want to cheer Mm, him right now. You have the the NWO as your top, like, four heels right now. Why have Flair be your fifth best heel? Right. There's no... There's Sid and who else? You need faces. (laughs) And Ric Flair injected some life into the show.
1: He really did. This show is fading and fading fast. You need somebody like Ric Flair here to inject that life, like you said. Like, bring some levity to it. Get your crowd excited. Yes, they're cheering against their own sports teams, but at least they're cheering.
0: Rick Flair does not look positively on his career around this time. I
1: don't
0: blame him. He kind of feels that from his own performance. Oh, and I really? think I think it's a disservice to himself where I can you know, I, I guess a little bit I can see why he wouldn't. But I don't know that I've seen Rick Flair go out there and not be Rick Flair, right. Yeah. He may not be being used to the best of his ability, and he may be thinking this is stupid backstage, but. Still somebody who threatened to get naked if they went to commercial, you Exactly,
1: know? yeah. And he almost got there. No, this was a great promo. I was very... I enjoyed this one very,
0: very much. Backstage, Mean Gene is there to interview Sid about his two partners.
1: In a perfect Sid promo. So Nick <laughs> loved it, obviously.
0: Yeah, you, Sid just shouts. And it's,
1: the, it's the shout and then to a whisper and then to a shout again that Nick is just, like, bouncing in his
0: seat. Look, we just said about Ric Flair of, this man cannot phone it in. no. This man is incapable. He also says that someone will be powerbombed straight to hell tonight. Hell like, yeah. Jesus. Backstage, we see Miss Hancock ask standards and practices why they aren't in their suits.
1: Because it's not standards. It's Lenny and Lodi. Stop calling them standards and practices.
0: Well, they don't like this gimmick anymore. They actually say the word gimmick, too.
1: They call out WCW for sticking them in two shit gimmicks. So, yeah, they did say gimmick.
0: Stacy points out that they're lucky to have jobs after that last stunt they pulled, referring to the West Hollywood Blondes. Oh. And... <laughs> in a line that got a laugh out of us but I don't think for the right reasons oh yeah we're real lucky to have a job in WCW yeah
1: <laughs> it was very snarky I thought it was funny
0: so is
1: it, it a worker is it a shoot brother
0: so they say they're off to the NWO to get their name right which we never follow up with yeah so I guess Stacy's on her own now let's go to our next match it is the previously mentioned heel versus heel with a heel it's the total package with Miss Elizabeth Versus Brian Nobbs with the special guest referee, Fit Finley. Lex comes out with his special chair again.
1: He is looking thick.
0: Looking roity.
1: Yeah. I know, Lex looks big.
0: (laughs) Like, both of us separately noticed it in this match.
1: holy shit, man.
0: Nobbs actually starts by getting a bit of offense and then signals for Pity City, but Finley distracts him. And then, like, ten seconds later, manages to hit Pity City on Lex, which is a spot I really do not want to take. Like, Pity I, City? I, I know it's safe, but ugh.
1: It's just stinky. It's like the um, Stink Face.
0: I'd take Pity City Pity City over the Stink Face. Yeah? Oh, yeah.
1: I can't see getting like injured at either one, so I, I put them on the same level.
0: I am debating would I rather take Pity City or Mr. Socko. Oh, Pity City. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't. I...
0: Well, I guess it depends on what era. Cause I think after a while he started doing like different socks, but for a little while it was like the it was same. all the same socks. Yeah, oh, no.
1: But no, just like the gagging thing of it all, I could never. And I this, would take Pity City every day over that.
0: And this isn't something new to notice, but God, this is really the match where the Luger noises were the most prominent he they've was been in quite a while.
1: Grunty. Yes.
0: On commentary, they note that Sting was saying he'll be back, you know, around the end of the month. And they're like, well, it's the 31st. Where are you?
1: Commentary also notes how great Miss Elizabeth is looking because she's on this new workout routine and she's never looked better. And she's so great to be by the side of Lex and like singing her praises.
0: I I think I remember them going like, oh, you know what she does. And you're like, what does she do?
1: They called her deadly. How the fuck is she deadly? Are we talking about the same person?
0: Finley hits knobs and Luger works over knobs Nobs Nob starts a bit of a comeback with some very basic offense. He goes up to Brett's rope, but Finley scolds him and then Liz hits him with the baseball bat.
1: That's the deadly force, clearly.
0: And Finley
1: just leaves? He just walks out of the ring. Like, what? I understand that he's like, you know, a heel and he doesn't want knobs to win or whatever but that just felt strange
0: when well, knobs is knocked out just have lex pin him this wasn't for the hardcore title what does it matter he, is he
1: also like is he friendly with lex
0: i mean he was not just
1: like fuck this know. whole match
0: i don't know man but yeah, yeah finley just walks out in a spot that would clearly be like okay well here's the pin and he doesn't so yeah finley leaves luger pillmanizes knobs's wrists repeatedly like he did with buff and sting mm-hmm. and on his way out he name drops hogan and calls him out
1: also, name drops Cal Ripken.
0: Oh, I totally missed that. Did
1: you? He said, "I am the Cal Ripken of the WCW. No one has a better track record than me. Not even you, Hulk Hogan."
0: I, he's calling himself the Iron Man, I guess. Then,
1: but yeah. just Cal Ripken. We're in Baltimore. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you calling out Cal? Yeah. You and Cal, you guys buddies?"
0: We get big. We want Sting chance as we cut as we cut to the next segment, which we'll get there in a second because I want to talk about this first. I want to talk about the, this match and segment first. Yeah. The, I don't know what they're doing with Lex.
1: I'm really over Miss Elizabeth trying to come in and be the one to like finish the match. Yeah. I'm over that because she's not doing shit.
0: Yeah, I, I, the act is not over, and he's the some act de- should be over. Yeah, he's got some decent heel heat, As in but finished. Yeah. but let's talk about Thunder for a second, despite the fact that it doesn't appear anybody wants us to, because Hulk Hogan returns on Thunder.
1: Oh, yeah, no, in the next segment, they mentioned that Hulk Hogan has called Tony Schiavone and said, I will be back on Thunder on Wednesday, brother.
0: If you can find this promo, tweet it to us. We looked. Because it's not on Peacock, and if you look up, try, try to find the Nitros in whole without, you know, torrenting them, I managed to find the, the Thunder before and after th- that one. I cannot find that Thunder. I've read reports of what it is, and basically... Hulk Hogan comes out and goes, "All these young guys are shit." There's like three good people. It's me, it's me, Goldberg and Flair.
1: Is there a chance they recap this on the next Nitro? So we'll get like some of it.
0: Maybe, but they
1: recap the whole Sid thing to this more like at the beginning of this one.
0: But but Hogan comes out, and cuts to promo. All these young guys are shit. Ah, uh, you know, young young up and coming star Lex Luger. Yeah,
1: right. What the fuck?
0: So, yeah, in the middle of this Lex Luger and Sting feud, we're going to do Luger versus Hogan. Why? I don't know.
1: Because I guess they need a reason for Hogan to come back, like something to lure him back to the ring. I don't know. After, Not lure, after saying, like,
0: like, two weeks ago, I'm never going back.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Hulk Hogan. Don't listen to any word that ever comes out of his mouth. He's a fucking liar.
0: Emily still wants to do her list of top five worst examples of, I guess, worst, worst fake retirements. Yeah. But her definition of fake retirement is very relative because...
1: It's like fake... Qu- if, if you come out to the ring and you give a goodbye speech, I'm counting that.
0: Yeah, because we're in watching NXT, we saw John Cena being fired from WWE.
1: But he gave a goodbye speech.
0: Yeah, and I turned to Emily and goes, All right, I want you to guess. How much time do you think he misses? And you're like, I don't know, two weeks. And I'm like, he doesn't miss a day. I honestly... 30 minutes. I forgot to tell you this. I don't think he even misses a house show. Jesus. I think this is where he wrestles as Juan Cena under a mask. Oh, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs>
0: I think this is when that happened. Get John Cena has out. been fired and quit a couple times. To the point where Cena actually even called it out a couple times on commentary. Um,
1: that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Back to the show. We get the We Want Sting chance, And we cut backstage to the Demon's Casket being opened. And Emily, who's in there? It's
1: screaming demon norman smiley he comes out in the full garb the full face paint in the full attitude he is the demon now
0: i i deemed him demon smiley
1: the part that killed me is what happened after this
0: yes because they go to commercial and And it comes
1: back to the actual kiss demon with a police officer being like my jacket's gone that's all he ever cited was my jacket is gone. Well, I know it's like his cape, but no, it's not even, he doesn't even say that his full gear is gone. He says my jacket is gone. He called the police. He is an undead demon monster and he called the police because his jacket is missing. Holy fucking Karen demon. What? You are undead and you can't fight your own battle. You had to call the cops to get your jacket back. Are you joking?
0: Emily, you're missing the best line of this. What did he look like? He looked like Kiss. What do you
1: think it looked like? It looked like Kiss. What the fuck?
0: Fucking burying the Kiss Demon. We're two shows in. He's, uh, I guess since the return, he's lost the match Terry Funk and he had his shit stolen.
1: And he called the cops. You're in the same building. Nothing has left the building. You know that the people in in there, that one of them has it. And you called the fucking police?
0: (laughs) The Kiss Demon's swatting Norman Smiley.
1: My God. I can't even imagine...
0: So we go to... Imagine
1: calling the cops when you lose your sunglasses or like you can't find your keys in your house and you call the cops. I mean, what? I
0: would say you are the white woman of the podcast, so you, I feel like you're closer to that Oh, territory. I know.
1: And I should be... Sometimes I come out and I'm, I'm a little karen but this is something else.
0: Well, let's move on to the match. It's Norman Smiley versus Shane Helms or... You, sorry, you deem Norman what...
1: Screaming Demon. Screaming
0: Demon, which I think is what they call him. They do. I'm standing by Demon Smiley.
1: Unfortunately, I do think it's Mark Madden that calls him the screaming demon, so.
0: Yeah, Norman is in full demon garb. This I, this is fucking great. He's cause he's committing enough to the bit to where oh, I love it. Yeah. No, it's good. Helms hits a frog splash and a leg and leg drops. This is where Tony notes that he has hu- huge news. Hulk Hogan will be back on Thunder.
1: Yeah, that's when he gets the phone call.
0: Unless you're watching on Peacock. Vader bomb from Helms is countered. and We get the rare airplane spin in this match. Helms gets crotched and falls really hard from the corner. Like it looked rough.
1: But he does like a cool flip with it too to like kind of save himself or it looked pretty slick.
0: And then Norman Smiley breaks out the giant swing and
1: does it really fucking well. Somewhere a young Cesaro looks on and is thinking to himself that is now mine.
0: You know what?
1: This might be when Cesaro was like training. He's not that he's not that old, but he's also not well, that young.
0: No, admittedly. So the problem is his indie offense has so much shit going into yeah. it that legitimately, I don't know how much he would have broke this out in the indies. However, when he was going through any sort of WWE developmental system or getting signed and all that, I'm pretty sure Norman Smiley would have been there.
1: Do you think Norman? I don't
0: know. It's possible. Trained
1: cesaro and taught him the big swing
0: i don't know if he taught him the big swing but it was like hey you're really fucking strong you should do this it's gonna look great this is a
1: cool thing i did once yeah (laughs) that'd be amazing
0: we didn't get norman locking in the chicken wing which they call by the name they used to and i'm like oh yeah we have seen this the norman conquest
1: i've never heard that
0: and he gets the win the demon then comes out in trunks. Which with were,
1: the cops?
0: Well, you were convinced the trunks were undies.
1: I did think he was coming out of his underwear because he didn't have his gear. He comes out with the cops with the intention of, like, pressing charges.
0: They chase, Because they yeah. stole a
1: jacket?
0: It's the back of the future. I think he took his wallet.
1: Jesus Christ,
0: man. They chase Norman away, and the demon gets, like, close to Norman, and they just cut away again. I'm like, stop cutting to other things. Well, because they
1: don't want to see them actually, like, catch each yeah. other because that kind of ruins the pursuit.
0: We get Mean Gene interviewing DDP and Kimberly. It's
1: mostly Kimberly.
0: So I did find this out recently about the DDP Buff feud. Hmm. Like two weeks ago, the segment they did was like one of the highest-rated segments in recent Nitro history. It like it spiked it, and they go, "Well, that's enough of that." What? (laughs) Yeah, I mean that
1: segment was fantastic.
0: I forget if it was the match or. A, a segment between them. They have like but, a
1: promo that they go back and forth.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting which one. It was whatever was from the seven, the January seventeenth episode. So maybe it was they that one. Back. But yeah, it got a massive rating, and they're like, "No, nah, let's just end this." And Ugh. apparently now they're going to be friendly. And
1: <laughs> what the? Fuck? Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like WCW.
0: But yeah, Gene interviews EDP and Kimberly. They're interrupted by the Bama and Disco pinches Kimberly's butt. Which prompts he
1: touched the, my butt.
0: Which prompts the line, Disco just pinched my butt. Kimberly slaps Disco and DDP beats him up and we go to commercial.
1: Sorry, I did look back on my notes. This is the main event, DDP versus Buff with referee Kimberly. That was the highest rating.
0: Two weeks ago?
1: The 17th, you said? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember when things were.
1: So the promo must have been the week prior.
0: Yeah, but so that match got a massive rating.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I remember being okay. Yeah. I remember Kimberly looking amazing.
0: But so, yeah, DDP is beating up Disco and they go to commercial. When they come back from commercial, DDP's music is hitting.
1: We still don't know who he was slated to be in a match
0: with. I'm guessing... It, it wasn't Disco. Yeah, I don't know. But in the in the interim, the music hits and Disco is talking to some like backstage hand like, can you believe what DDP did? And DDP just comes back and beats him up some more.
1: And then, ta-da, that's now the match.
0: Yeah, they brawl towards the ring, and they stop at the DJ Rand stand, and I'm like...
1: DJ Rand's still fucking here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they brawl through the crowd, they finally get in the ring, and the bell rings. Diving clothesline from DDP, spinning uranagi from DDP. We get a Russian leg sweep from Disco, and then he spanks DDP. Wow. Disco- I'll
1: touch someone's butt.
0: Disco stomps DDP in the corner, but DDP fires up, and it's a spinning sit-out bomb. Signals for the diamond cutter, but it's hit with a jawbreaker from Disco. DDP counters a hip toss into a diamond cutter and gets the pin. You know, as a match, serviceable wasn't bad. It
1: was more of a story plot point. It was not really a match.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i really trying to figure out character-wise what they want to do with DDP, and I think they're kind of a similar boat. Yeah. I keep saying, like, is he a face? Because he keeps getting Who a face reaction. Knows? Kind of doing face actions with a little sprinkle of heel. And again, here, it's like, man defends his wife.
1: What an asshole. Yeah, so. I can't tell. And
0: then DDP celebrates through the crowd. And I'm like, is... I don't know. I know he's a face soon, but I don't know when. I don't
1: think know when. knows what he is, honestly. I don't think the writers, I don't think the bookers, I don't think the audience, I don't think DDP knows.
0: Yeah, there probably doesn't know. But the crowd wants to like him, much like Flair. It's where, yeah. it's where it's like, you're not the NWO and you're a big deal. Right. Yay. But let's move into our main event. It is Jeff Jarrett and the Harris Boys versus Sid Vicious, Ric Flair, and Terry Funk. Except not really Ric Flair. Not really. The Harris Boys come out in suits with NWO shirts. Like They're going to wrestle in the suit pants and it's the NWO the shirts. Look. Yeah. Flair doesn't come out at the start. Everyone kind of brawls in the aisle mid-entrance. Sid and Jarrett end up on the stage, but nothing of note happens. Did
1: you have time watching this match with the shaky camera I felt like I noticed the camera moving a lot more in this match than I've ever noticed it before and it was like starting to make me dizzy it was like
0: one cam op yeah Yeah. exactly
1: and he's trying to like whip around and catch everything and it was just making me dizzy
0: Funk hits a chair shot on Jeff Jarrett and one of the Harris boys but Jarrett somehow ends up with the chair and everyone's just kind of brawling around ringside Sid and one of the Harris boys end up in the ring as Funk gets slammed on the announce table Funk tries to weaponize a commentary rolling chair to little effect. Yeah. Sid goes to powerbomb Jarrett, but it's broken up. And people finally get onto the apron like, oh, no, it's a tag match. And I'm like, yeah. But then people are still using the still chair. So I'm like.
1: Yeah. Mm. So it's technically a tag match with no holds barred. The heels, not
0: a tag the heels work over Funk. Funk hits a back suplex, but the hot tag is stopped and they keep working over Funk. Funk hits a falling pile driver, but Jeff Jarrett kicks out because the Harris boys are a little late to break up the pin. Yeah, Like, clearly that was meant to be like a protected spot. Like, nope, never mind. Hot tag to Sid, and he cleans house as Ric Flair finally comes out, but he's here to attack Terry Funk. He's
1: just here to fuck up Funk. He's not here for this match. He's not here to help Sid. He's just here to fuck up Terry Funk.
0: Sid hits a chokeslam to one one Harris boy and a powerbomb to the other. Jarrett sneaks in and does his patented tap on the shoulder to turn around for a guitar shot. Oh, God. And pins Sid, and we immediately go off the air.
1: Oh, yeah. It was like, hit, cut.
0: It was a messy brawl.
1: Although, I did type out one of my favorite sentences. Oh, okay. Sid powerbombs a Nazi. It's just so clean. (laughs) It tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Messy brawl. Uh, I'd like... Jeff Jarrett winning here in terms of trying to build him. Yeah, Sid has the out of basically of it becoming a th- three on one handicap match.
1: Yeah, it really did turn. And Jarrett and uses
0: him. and Jarrett cheats by using a weapon and like.
1: But it's also Charles Robinson, and he's the most corrupt of them all.
0: He's not been a heel recently. No, but he's you just can been you kind act. of
1: write everything off. No, if anything, like,
0: Slick Johnson's the, the the heel ref currently. I don't
1: know. Whenever I see Charles Robinson, I'm like, oh, nothing you say matters.
0: Thoughts on this show as a whole.
1: Not bad. I no. was not dreading talking about this one, like I said.
0: No, I and I don't know, maybe Thunder helped that, but I was like, no, yeah, nothing Nothing was atrocious here. Things were maybe a little bit dumb here and there. but Things like, were
1: definitely dumb.
0: But like, yeah, there was nothing that I'm like, pull my hair out over. No, and I, this
1: was not like embarrassing to watch. If I, somebody walked in with us watching this, I wouldn't be like, oh God, turn it off.
0: Yeah, I, I am noting a distinct lack of Tank Abbott from a uh, Nitro that I'm like, this wasn't
1: hmm, the worst. Shocking.
0: Before we get into best bit, worst bit, and MVP and all that, I do want to take a second to plug our upcoming Patreon again. Oh, We've hell yeah. previously mentioned it. We're still a little unsure of the actual release date of it. We're uh, in the <laughs> we middle. of got a wedding. Yeah, we're the middle of planning a wedding <laughs> and showers and a bunch of other stuff. Our plan is to have three pieces of media on day one. Minimum. One of which is guaranteed to be the original pi- unaired pilot we were going to do of WrestleMania 18, where...
1: I am so excited to listen to that again and hear how much my knowledge has changed. because What, what, since... what if it
0: hasn't? Outside no, you really... since
1: we recorded that, what was that, like four years ago at this point? Three years ago? It was
0: early it was 2020. Oh, it was 2020. It was pandemic. It was
1: pandemic, because it a pandemic project. So this was three years ago, minimum, and... I, we watched significantly more wrestling since then, and I've learned a lot more and I've read a lot more. And, like, I want to listen back to that and be like, oh, you sweet baby idiot. You don't yeah. know anything. It's
0: about a four hour file, so gear up for that. And then, as I said before, Emily's going to be mostly running this. So... Oh,
1: yeah, brother. Get ready for some faff.
0: <laughs> yeah, so if you enjoyed the NXT ranting, you know, I'm I'm scared to let her do whatever she wants because. Part of me is like, oh, is it just gonna be?
1: Nick, have you ever heard of a show called Broke Knows Best?
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to start with Hogan Knows Best.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> it's my show.
0: And I know, we, and I know we mentioned it earlier, but I still don't know what the uh, other two things are gonna be. And we're trying to kind of keep it that way. But we're we're gonna, we're gonna let this be Emily's baby, <laughs> whatever she wants on me after <laughs> I kind of forced her to watch WCW, so. <laughs> There's a little bit of a black blacklist of what she can't pick for stuff we will be reviewing, and stuff that we may review that may be like a poll. Um, but I guess once 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 the poll is over, you can maybe watch any of the other ones. So down. Yeah. So I think
1: we're gonna watch a lot of women's content, if I'm honest, because like I love women's wrestling. There's so much silliness in around the world of wrestling online that I just want to talk about it.
0: I think our hope is still by the wedding.
1: Definitely. That is the absolute goal. So if you guys want to subscribe as like a wedding guest, that'll be pretty cool. But you know.
0: But Emily, let's go into best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what do you got?
1: So for my best bit, I was between two. I think I have to give it to Demon Norman though.
0: You know, same. Yeah. I don't think we highlighted enough how good it was. He just he committed enough to the bit. It was just some fun injected into this, which is just what we need right now. And we've said it before. It's amazing how Norman Smiley went from a groaner to like a she highlight. Like, yeah,
1: we are waiting for him to come out. So, yeah, yeah. he's great.
0: Yeah. Do you have a worse bit?
1: I don't think I do. Did you get one?
0: I'm going to say mine. I'll let you piggyback on it if you want. But Mark Badden replacing Bobby Heaton. I, don't like I just it.
1: I worry that that's going to become a perpetual worst bit. Yeah. So that's why I didn't say it. No,
0: you could, well you can double up on on that if it is, continues to be a worst bit.
1: But I feel like if I use it week after week after week, you'll call me on be like Emily, you can't keep using the same bit. If he's that
0: bad, you can However, this week is just him replacing Bobby Heenan. I think you can't use it after this week.
1: Well, he also made some really great comments at the top of the show. So yeah, maybe lauding Oklahoma. Fuck off.
0: And Emily, who is your MVP?
1: I gave it to Terry Funk. Terry Funk? Yeah. I think that, that that Ric Flair promo was one of my options for Best Bit. I think that that promo became as good as it was because of Terry Funk's involvement.
0: Ironically, I'm giving mine to the other end of that promo. I'll give mine to Ric Flair. Valid. Just the injection of energy he is so, so needed. for
1: me. I can't understand what he's saying.
0: All right. I, I'm hearing him clearer, so <laughs> maybe I've just... You're probably more used to his... Yeah, I've just just heard more Ric Flair promos, so... Maybe. Ric Flair brought Mean Gene joy. He sparked Mean Gene's joy, so... So
1: that sparked your joy. That's
0: enough. (sighs) But that's gonna do it for this this Nitro. Next up is the next Nitro.
1: Wow, (laughs) what a sell.
0: We have two more until Super Brawl. Emily, Super Brawl was the show last year that made me lose my mind, so...
1: It has a reputation. Oh,
0: oh, no. Now I'm like, literally, my like, chest is like getting a little tight, like, oh, fuck.
1: It has a reputation.
0: But you can listen to that episode and all of our other back catalog on uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and well oh God, there's the new one. The, like, no one listens on that.
1: Don't
0: even. The fucking Dickies Home Radio or something, whatever it was. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at butts in the pod and facebook at the button seats podcast emily any closing thoughts i feel like we definitely uh made up for the shortness of the last episode with definitely we had a lot to say i on, didn't yeah? realize but hmm. no i have anything
1: extra i think we said it
0: all we're actually recording this before you do your nxt red but are you happy to be done with that soon <laughs>
1: It doesn't feel like I'm going to be done with it, And I know we're down, like, in current day, we are down to the final three girls in the season, and, like, it just feels like it's going to go forever. And if I have to hear Vicky Guerrero say, excuse me, one more goddamn time, I'm going to rip my face off.
0: I can tell you, that's kind of her whole character. Oh, I know. Maybe. Oh, I'm aware. So the next podcast arc is going to be the Vicky Guerrero era, era of SmackDown. Oh, no. Well, we won't do that, but uh, we will do the next Nitro. And until then, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts and Seeds podcast. Bye.